0: We just saw uh, Mandy. I'm with Matt Pruce. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Matt's a horror fan, and while this is not quite a horror movie, I was very excited to have someone, since Jill's not the biggest horror buff, I was excited to have someone who could appreciate a movie like this. So, before, and I am without, glad to be here. Without any further ado, we will give our 1 to 10 rating on the count of 3. Okay. 1, two, three. Nine point five. Oh, close! Yeah, we're pretty close. Okay, so we liked it. We're aligned. Yeah, I I loved it. I I could not get enough. I'm already trying to figure out when I'm going to go see that again.
1: (laughs) It's definitely you. Um, I'm definitely still putting it to. I think you hit the nail on the head. That was not a horror movie as much as
0: how would you describe that? Uh, I would say like an action gore fest. Action gore fest with, like, a lot of Lovecraftian sort Lovecraftian kind of themes.
1: <laughs> and, like, trippy LSD sequences. Yep, yep.
0: Just for fun. Yeah, it certainly was arthousey. y And I'd say the my only negatives were some of the arthouse stuff dragged just a tiny bit. Like, when um, it's, like, back and forth between Jeremiah's face and Mandy's face, I was a little bit even though I thought it was beautiful and, and hypnotic I felt myself getting a little bit fatigued in that scene
1: yeah uh, it was there was a lot of I mean do we do we explain to the listeners what it was about or no do we just sort of go right into it
0: well with a movie like this where it's not as uh likely that everyone's seen it right I think it's helpful to give a little context yeah let's do it so you know uh, Nicholas Cage is a very Quirky, lumberjack. Yeah, he's, he's a, literally a lumberjack. He's a lumberjack, and he has a kind of quirky goth wife, and they're very much in love, and uh, they live on this planet. I think it's Earth, but it's hard to say. I think it's called the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> At least it should have been anyway. by what it looked like. Um, but, but there's apparently an entity above them called Galactus that is eating planets.
1: <laughs> oh, see, no, I didn't think that was literal. I thought okay. that was,
0: like, sort of in their mind. But, okay, okay, go ahead, continue. But, there's, I mean, if you look at the sky, there's, like, all kinds of crazy colors and planets that are swirling around. I don't know. I, I the, thought that was a literal, like...
1: <laughs> there was a lot of crazy imagery in that. Yeah. So,
0: I'm not sure if we were
1: supposed to take that quite literally. Maybe not, yeah. But, maybe not. But But, continue. Okay, so they live in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and he's... Uh, a lumberjack and she's kind of like a hippie artist Mm -hmm. and she catches the eye of a religious cult leader.
0: Yeah, he's like a sex cultist.
1: Who's like a sex cultist, yep. And she was abducted and she was subsequently burned in view of Nicolas Cage. Her lover, her love, and Nicolas Cage went on a sort of revenge, blood splattering rampage to avenge his love.
0: It was definitely a show don't tell, right. and in boy did they show. Yeah, I thought it was so full of style and sometimes subtle, sometimes hits you over the head, humor, and uh, some of the, yeah, some of the lines of dialogue were just straight out of the 80s kind of classic one-liners. Totally. Um, So I thought it was a brilliant homage to kind of 80s revenge flicks while also having its own sense of style. It wasn't just aping the 80s the whole time, I I felt. I thought it was also just very... Uniquely its own thing
1: Totally, it was definitely like It felt like there was many moments where It was like an adult Stranger Things uh, (laughs) Just in the way that sort of things were set up And the way they sounded and looked But it was definitely In its own world Whereas I feel like like a Stranger Things is like Deeply rooted in, where is that Indiana or Illinois or I don't even know, whatever But this was sort of like This (laughs) 1983 Earth Maybe Type of right. its own sort of trippy world.
0: I, I wonder what other people's thoughts are on. Like, literally, w- where are they? Is this is this a world that they just see differently because they're? It they,
1: has to be. I mean, he never called the cops or did any of the conventional things that you would think one
0: would do. He just
1: went
0: ape. It's incredible the the scene that uh, he starts drinking. That I assume it's vodka. Right, um, and it's just kind of this uh, wide-angle lens. It's kind of
1: in this like groovy bathroom after it, he wa- he witnesses his girlfriend yeah, get burned alive. It's
0: just a very uh, long take with him getting more drunk and more full of rage, and his throat is getting more and more on fire as he <laughs> continues to drink and pour vodka all over his wounds. I thought that scene was really well directed and. I, I'm just like, wow, Nicholas Cage just still got it. He's got... You know, I know he gets a lot of crap because he sort of does... Everything.
1: Everything. <laughs> like, the man would go to an opening of an envelope. But, like, he... <laughs> in that scene, I was like... And I know that he's sort of known as, like, being the overactor.
0: This is the movie they're
1: This is the movie. And you know what? That's what I really liked. Like, for the first maybe 45 minutes or an hour, I was like, are they... Are they aware of sort of how... Campy. Campy this whole thing is and, like, how artsy for art's sake this is. And then when he was having that dialogue with his friend that gave him the weapons hookup, his dialogue was basically, he was like, they're just jesus freaks and they're like <laughs> evil and it was like all of a sudden you got a you got permission as the audience to be like okay they're aware they know yeah. what's going on i can just enjoy the rest of this ride
0: yeah yeah This the comedy didn't really start until you know after we were able to grieve a little bit i guess you could say there was like dark humor before that but it wasn't like it wasn't like laugh lines with, you know, punch lines and stuff, um, where it started to get a lot more comedic in a, in a almost conventional way.
1: Well, I feel like it was like that scene, sort of the whole first part of the movie, everything was like this sort of crazy dream sequence yeah. and you're not totally sure why and then they sort of reveal later about the LSD. Right. And, you know, then you sort of look back and go, oh, okay, I guess that was the way it was there. Um, but it, it sort of... Heavy's not the word, just sort of surreal and trippy for so long, yeah, and then all of a sudden, at that scene when you are aware that they're aware of how campy and sort of ridiculous <laughs> this is, all of a sudden, then you can really enjoy it, yeah, and just like, and man, do they give it to you, yeah, extra, it was extra uh-huh. like it was it wasn't just a splat of blood, it was full blown geysers, yeah. Which was awesome, and you're just sort of enjoying every second of it. That sounds really, that sounds
0: dark, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean it. it in the way that, like, say Quentin Tarantino uses, I think this is a quote of his that he's like, uh, "Violence is my aesthetic. <laughs> and trying to figure out ways to paint with that. Uh, blood is a very good medium to paint, and that. Yeah,
1: this director really likes red. <laughs> yeah, because <right>. <laughs> there was a lot of it. Let's talk about let's talk about. So for whatever reason, he's a lumberjack and then after the whole vodka bathroom incident, he started to gear up and he made his own sword.
0: Like yeah, all I of love a sudden that. he was
1: a metal forger right. and like melting <laughs> metal and he made this like gigantic futuristic sickle.
0: Right, sword. Can you? did you know why? Or just just cuz why me, not? I th- I think that's one of those homage to the 80s moments where there's... I feel like in the 80s there was a lot of sci-fi, like, He-Man-style action romps where the protagonist had some weapon like that. that There was lit exactly like that with gleaming chrome. It was shiny. Like, that thing took some buff and polish
1: because he was ready to rock and roll with it. Yeah,
0: I love that. that. That scene, I just started, like... Getting situated in my seat, just like, I'm, I'm buckled in, I'm ready for the next, you know, 60 minutes. I think I know exactly what's going to happen. Totally. So so it, <laughs> it was a great setup. I love that The only time he ditched one of his, either his crossbow or his freshly hewn sword thing was when he found the chainsaw and said, so like, oh. He meets one of these guys who, you know,
1: uh, killed his girlfriend. Well, how long was that picks up another chainsaw with like, like a... What it was a f- like
0: a 30-foot chainsaw. It was like... It was, it was...
1: It was like longer than the tree that it cut down. Right, right. And he got that thing started, no problem. Um, So this cult leader, I have to say, he was my favorite part of the film. Oh, yeah? He was so... His performance was amazing. Yeah. And he was super creepy. He was like just sort of charismatic enough so you mm. could see how people would follow him. But sure. like... So he was maybe two percent charismatic, ninety-eight percent friggin' psycho, and like it kind of
0: worked. I love that beneath that he's a failed musician, narcissist who realized that he was better at making people think he was God than than Than, like producing music, buying his albums, right?
1: Because he thought he was like better than the carpenters, right? right?
0: Right. Which is such a great example. Like he's like. The carpenters are amazing, this is even better. This is even better. And it's like a record with him on it. Of all artists to, to compare himself to, I just love the Carp- And
1: that's a sort of opening statement yeah. to Nicolas Cage's girlfriend that he like just kidnapped <laughs> yeah. and had his sort of older non sexually desirable henchwoman put eye drops in, which must have been the LSD, right? I think and so. Yeah. Then she was stung by like the world's biggest beetle.
0: Yeah, he was like a scorpion ant or something. Like a
1: scorpion ant <laughs> that she like pulled out of a jar. Or a wasp, maybe I don't know. And it stings the girlfriend. She's just been kidnapped.
0: That that it definitely was the most like gave me the creeps.
1: Totally. And moment. then the the old lady goes, "I call this the cherry on the Sunday or something." <laughs> cherry on top. Yeah. Cherry on top, and it was like, I don't even know what you just did, but it goes with the rest of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that he. The cult leader, I was, like, dying for his scenes because he was so... Not that Nicolas Cage isn't, you know, a phenomenal actor. I, well, You know what I'm saying. Yeah. But the cult leader was by far the most dynamic.
0: Have you seen the actor in anything else? I don't
1: I've I've I have never, him. I've never seen him before in anything.
0: Yeah, I thought that this is all fairly... You know, maybe a few character actors here and there that I, I could be like, Oh, yeah, I remember that. But I loved how many fresh faces there were who were just very... Uh, all very confident in their craft uh i, was say, I thought those, the wife was really good um, the
1: wife it's funny she did you get like a shelly Duvall, yeah, the shining I, look
0: i almost wonder if that's like purposeful her, her daughter or something Is
1: there, <laughs> <laughs> like it yeah, looks so much like her shelly i don't think shelly's in any condition to film these days but she the wife looked like she, and what was with the the black eyes because there was like oh, a couple yeah. shots where like the white. I think it's
0: probably from so much LSD eye stuff. I don't know. Right. But it also was just an effective, uh, you know, look for their for their cult.
1: Right. Because there was like all this sort of weird one iris or one pupil being huge and the other pupil being small. Yeah. Um. In like really really black intense eyes and I thought is this sort of foreshadowing something? But instead it was just sort of yet another thing, much like the giant beetle in the jar. You just yeah. sort of accept it.
0: Right. What did you think of the uh, animation sequences?
1: That Okay, so if we're going to talk about... Because you we started this conversation and you said, what did you give it? You said a 9.5. I yeah. said an 8. Yeah. The reason I would give an 8 and not a 9.5 is because sometimes the sort of artsiness of it detracted yeah. from the film. Like I almost found myself getting I liked the action and the plot and seeing the craziness of what this man's gonna do, mm-hmm. meaning Nicolas Cage, and also the craziness of what this cult leader's gonna do. And we spent so much time with these sort of crazy, artsy red filter, blue filter, cutting back and forth from one face to the next space to one face to the next space that I found that I thought it detracted from the movie. Uh-huh. From my enjoyment of sort of enjoying this ride. Like, right. I totally get establishing the tone and establishing, they more than established the sort of LSD fiber of the film, yeah. but sometimes you know, there was multiple times where they went into the animation which was beautiful, but they probably did it like four times, mm-hmm. which I wanted it once. Yeah. Or maybe twice. What did you think?
0: I'm always, if I'm going to see animation in a movie that's live action, I want it to really justify it. And I I didn't think it, it, it came close to justifying it. The art style of the animation wasn't the style of how she painted and that was very clear, I would have been like, okay, I got it. Like, we're seeing her after image in her art. Right. Uh, But if that was the intention, I I didn't get it. And it's just an idea I'm having now of, like, that's how you could justify scenes like that.
1: The only way I sort of justified it was because whenever it came up, it was when they were dreaming Uh or, like, knocked out or unconscious. And maybe because the whole thing was sort of like a trippy dream to then... show what an actual dream looks like it has to be a totally different medium yeah so that's why all of a sudden it was animated
0: i i I feel like we can't end this without mentioning the cheddar goblin commercial
1: the cheddar goblin (laughs) man i I I thought that was as a child of the 80s did i forget this (laughs) like i i would have really remembered this but it was it was sort of like the gremlins covered in macaroni and cheese right
0: And, like, vomiting. And, like, (laughs)
1: vomiting it on people. (laughs) But, again, and I watched it thinking, man, that one didn't scar me as much as maybe other (laughs) 80s commercials did because I don't remember it. And then, thankfully, in the credits, they created it for the film. Right. Because if they didn't, I was like, how did I miss that one? Because I watched a lot of TV in the 80s.
0: But everything, yeah, from that commercial to the titles, uh, Children of the New Dawn, those titles looked kind of like Stranger Things very analog and you know in camera type of effects as opposed to like yeah. done digitally so it felt very organic very authentic and I just think that stuff is amazing when totally when a director amazing. really wants to do the the aesthetic uh, justice as opposed to just like an, an imitation of it
1: and even like the, the font and the title the everything it was like the title of heavy metal yeah. like acid rock right. heavy metal Early '80s bands, you know yeah. Anthrax, and right. when it was just so so spot
0: on. Yeah. Well, let's reevaluate. You started with an eight. I started at nine point five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to stay at my nine point five. I, as I'm talking, I I find myself just as excited. And you you're right about the scenes that dragged, but the excitement I had from <laughs> the scenes that really nailed it, like it kind of evens out, and I'm, I'm back at nine point five.
1: I'm gonna go. You know what? I I am gonna change my mind. I'm gonna go up to like an eight point seven, an nice. eight point <laughs> eight. Because you know what? You're right. Like to knock a full two points off for the artsy, the artsy fart stuff
0: um, was maybe too harsh. See, I just am not. I'm not the biggest plot guy. Right, like, a kindergartner can string together a plot. So I I want to see. You know how you connect the dots you know i want right, to see right. i want to see the the style and the the creativity that goes into doing that in a unique way and i you can't deny how unique this movie was so. you know
1: what you know what a third change i'm gonna say i'm gonna make mine a solid nine this is why <laughs> I'm not trying. because it had it was a cohesive whole yeah Absolutely, and
0: maybe minus the animation stuff, which minus the animation
1: yeah. stuff, which was like a little okay. And again, a couple of the scenes were a little draggy, art for art's sake, that yeah. type of thing. But other than that, like the performances were amazing. I was in it nearly every single second. I bought everything. I loved it. I would watch it again in yeah. a heartbeat just to catch I, the stuff that I missed. I think
0: it's on VOD. So if anyone. Who listens to these because I don't mind spoilers uh, and you don't like going out to the theater? I think you can rent this, uh, which is kind of a weird release strategy to put it in theaters and rent as well. But yeah, have at it. Get it at home. Totally. And
1: like, if you if you do LSD, you won't <laughs> need to before you watch this one because there's it's it's all there for you. Yeah.
0: All right, Matt. I want to give you some plugs. So. You're a producer of Mass Hysteria, the movie. That's right. Which Jill
1: worked on as well. That's right. Finished shooting this summer. It's in post-production right now.
0: What can people, like social media, what What can people do to keep going with that movie?
1: Yeah, you know what? If they want to join our mailing list at firstnamesfilms.com, then you could be in the know about any upcoming projects as well after Mass Hysteria.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Dave. Thank you, Matt. And Pleasure. thanks for driving, too. It's nice to not have to you know be the one driving (laughs) hey it's i always
1: drive my pleasure
0: (laughs) bye bye everyone good night